ever been upgraded? Have you ever been to a hotel and it's upgraded? You know, like you, you know, they said, oh, thank you, sir, and, you, and they give you a better room. Has that ever happened to you? No? <laughs> Has anybody been on an airline and you've been upgraded to business class or anything like that? Has that happened to you? No? Anybody at all? Okay. We're going to pray blessing on you, Marta, we really are. When I was in India, um, we had a hard trip and we were staying in some un unfortunate places and I found a deal on, on the internet about finding a hotel room and it was £69, it was really cheap and then when we got there, it was this really nice hotel and they actually said, sir, we want to upgrade you to this like really, it was like a suite and it was like, ooh, and the guy I was with was starting to get, oh, this is fantastic, God bless you, because we were absolutely worn out. And we got there early before, uh, before we could check in. So they said, well, we'd like to give you a complimentary breakfast as well. We'd only paid for one breakfast, so we got two. So we were like, two breakfasts? This is a great upgrade. This is brilliant. And then the next day when we went to the airport, we were in the BAQ, and uh, they asked us and said, would you like an upgrade? If you pay £100, you can have an upgrade to business class. And it's, it's a really cheap deal. And we said, oh, no, sorry, we're charity workers. We can't invest the money of the church and the charity into that. We'll just, you know, go economy and all of that. Well, my friend had left his glasses at the hotel. Now, this hotel's already done loads for us. And so he calls the hotel and they sent a driver to bring his one-pound Specsavers glasses, <laughs> you know, back to the airport. And as we're standing there, so we're standing there in the airport, and uh, they said, well, if you do it, 50 pounds, so you can have this upgrade. Eventually, we stood there waiting for his glasses before we go through security. And the BA representative comes to us and he says to us, uh, well, because you've been doing charity work and you've been so polite, always pays to be polite to people who serve you, everyone. But you've been so polite. Here are two complimentary business tickets flights back to England. My friend was so excited. I mean, he thought God was moving more than what he did on the mission at this point, you know. <laughs> We'd done so many great things. He was there, but he got so carried away. Now, you know on business class, uh, where you get to walk down another line, and, uh, and you know everybody who's in the other standard class or world traveler class, they walk down the, the big queue line. Have you, you know that? He starts walking down the line, and he's so happy, he starts waving to everybody <laughs> in the other line. It's like he's the queen, you know. And I'm saying, what are you doing? He says, I'm just so happy. I said, put your hand down. Put your hand down. You can't do that. You can't be shouting over, hey, we're in business class. You're over there. We got blessed. God's good. Said, you don't do that. Have you ever been upgraded? I mean, when, when you have Sky TV, they're always trying to sell you the upgrade, aren't they? The full package. I mean, if you try and come out of one of the packages, it's like you have to sell one of your grandchildren to get out of it, you know. <laughs> they really do try and keep you there because they're saying, have an upgrade. But what we like is, is we are getting more of an experience than we thought we would have. That's why we like upgrades. 
We're getting more of an experience than what we're used to. Now, some of you in here, you might just be used to business class. You know, that's how you travel. That's fine. But some of us, who said amen there, you know? <laughs> but some of us, you know, that's the kind of like, I've been to the promised land. It really is. Behind that curtain is business class. For some of us, we think that when Jesus came, he might have seen that as a downgrade. But actually, when Jesus came to earth, he wanted the full human package. This is what makes our faith absolutely different. The total experience of being a, hus of being a human. Absolutely, I want to do this fully. I want everything that they've got. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. I just want to read a few verses. We're going to read from verse 8, excuse me, from verse 9. And we'll read a couple of verses there and then down to the end of the chapter. Hebrews 2 verse 9 says this. But we do see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. For a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, he suffered because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through, ever whom, through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Look at verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared their humanity. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in the slavery by their fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. That's us. For this reason, he had to be made like them. Listen to this. Fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and high priest in service of God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he was able to help those who are being tempted. Because he himself suffered, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Last week I told you about some of the parts of Jesus being a human, his conception, pregnancy and birth, that we can't remember. I don't remember my birth. Do you remember yours? I hope not. But coming actually as a, as a human means that what he wanted to do was experience all the things that we can identify with. Our suffering, our struggle, the things that we are rattled by and the things that tempt us, the things that we're afraid of. And as far as experience goes, Jesus tasted what we taste. The Bible says he retasted death 
for everyone. He was made perfect through his suffering because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He didn't just breeze through his temptation as if it was easier for him. He was like you in that he suffered in that. He's able now to help those who are being tempted. And as I say, some of us might think that Jesus becoming human was a downgrade rather than an upgrade. But he doesn't see it like that. He saw it as a necessity. Because he so much wants us to be in his family and actually wants to call us brothers and sisters. In fact, the word says there, he's not ashamed to say, hey, That's my brother over there. That's my sister over there. That's my family. In fact, he's looking on this gathering now, whether you're religious or not, and saying, that's my family. And he's trying to invite us more and more in to the center of that family. In the picture outside in the foyer, our picture is called RSVP. Respond. Let Jesus invite you into his picture. Step into his story. And you might be on the edge of the family today, but he's all the while saying, I'm not ashamed to walk around with you. I wonder why God wants that so much. Why does God want to be with us so much? What is the deal about Christmas? Why did God so much want to be with us? He wanted to be with us because he sees what's on us. He sees some common things, some some things that we all carry around. And I'm going to name three of them today. And to a greater and lesser degree, we all struggle with this at some point in our lives. Or at least if we admit it today, you'll get the benefit of it. I don't know about you, but we're all kind of, we all think, and we, and we are in many ways, we are unique, aren't we? We're all different. I mean, look at me, how I'm dressed. We're different, aren't we? And so are you. You have your individual, unique, quirky things, and so do I. And some of us have strange fears. Do you know that there's a fear of Santa Claus? It's called Santaphobia. There is a fear of Santa Claus. There's a fear of beards. Pognophobia is a fear of beards. You know, I think Paolo's developing that. <laughs> but, and that's a, just think if you had Santaphobia and Pognophobia, this season isn't going to go well for you. There's also a fear of snow. There's a, there's a fear of uh, the snow is, is called Kiaphobia. And then there's a fear of opening presents. Doronophobia. Then there's a fear of parties, symbiosisophobia. These are real bona fide phobias, but you know, there's actually a fear of Christmas. I can hardly say the word. It's called Christianiganikatikophobia. No, that's speaking in tongues. Sorry, let me do that again. Christogeniatikophobia. That's it. Christogeniatikophobia. That's the fear of Christmas. That's amazing. I'd love to have that on my Scrabble board, wouldn't you? You'd win triple points with that, you'd win the game. Some people have a fear of Christmas. Some people have cowl phobia, which is the fear of clowns. 
I thought that meant the fear of Simon Cowell in the X Factor. And a funny thing, I just read the other day, the, the symptoms of Christogena neoticophobia, which is the fear of Christmas, the symptoms are increased rapid heartbeat, rapid breathing, nausea, fainting, and feeling of dread. I thought that was the fear of paying for Christmas, not Christmas itself. Now, some of you may never have these very particular fears. And you might look at that and say, well, how ridiculous is that? But what the Bible says is there are some common fears that we all have. And there's some common issues that we all walk around with. And yet, because we like to be unique and we like to hide and we like to deny, we go, no, no, I don't have that. But really, if you scratch away the levels, we do carry around some particular things. Can I direct you back to the Word of God because Jesus came to be with us because He looked and saw what was on us. Look at verse 14 again with me. It says, Since the children have flesh and blood, He too shared with their humanity. He became like us. So that by His death, He might break the power of Him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives have been held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. And for this reason, he was made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, that he might make atonement for their sins, because he himself suffered while he was being tempted. We he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now this is a description of how when Jesus looks at us and he says, I can see what's on you. The fear of death and the fear of the unknown. And that's fueled actually behind a power behind a power. The fear of being separated from God or, or spiritually on your own. And the fear of giving in to temptation. And I know this seems a little bit, you know, there'll be some people sitting here going, oh, these Christians, they're so heavy. But actually, in our quiet moments and our lonely moments, we do tend to think, God, I wonder what will happen. What's going to happen after I die? Or, I don't want to die. That's normal. It's natural, isn't it? You don't want to die. Or we're worried about some of our loved ones and we think, I hope they don't die. It's a very natural fear. But what the Bible says is, is that that understandable fear is then fueled by a power behind it. It's almost like the spiritual power of the devil, or the enemy, gets a hold of that and adds weight to that to cause more slavery, more depression, more bondage in your life. And for some people, it becomes a stronghold in their mind that they absolutely become crippled by this fear. I don't know about you, have you ever done something that you never meant to do? You don't know why you did it. You know, we try and explain everything so logically, and when I talk about powers behind the fear, you're thinking, oh man, they're just spooky Christian superstition. But actually, we all do things that we don't mean to do. I don't know whether you've ever done that. You think, ah, I don't mean to do that. I remember my mom and my brother, 
They were wrestling one time over a pound note. Now, for those of you of a certain age, there wasn't always pound coins. There used to be these green things, and they were called pound notes. Okay, you're all looking at me blankly. Mark, you're old enough. Surely you remember pound notes, don't you? Don't leave me hanging up here. Somebody say yes. And my, my mother, they were just having fun and they were wrestling with it. And so, you know, and she was trying to wrestle it off him. She, he was trying to wrestle it off her. So he just put it in his mouth. He said, oh, you'll never get it now. And then he swallowed it. And she said, what did you do that for? And he said, I do not know. What's that happened to you? Well, you do stuff. And you don't know why you do it. It's a bit like that sometimes with some natural fears. You think, why is this bothering me so much more? I'll tell you why. There's a power behind the power. And there's a power behind it that wants to trap you, hold you, so that you don't enjoy this life. So that you, all your life, want, can be held in slavery to a fear and lots of people say, well, I'm not afraid of this, I'm not afraid of that. And they deny, deny, deny until on lonely moments that fear builds. Jesus looked at that and one of the reasons why he came and one of the reasons why he said, I want to be human is to break that specific fear of saying, I don't know what's going to happen when I die and I don't want my loved ones to die. You know what? To a greater or lesser degree, some of us always just ignore this type of fear, but when Jesus looked at us, he said, I want to break that, and I want to deal with that, and I want to give you hope beyond that, and that's why I'm coming. It's not true that all Christians are never nervous about death, and some Christians may be blasé about it, some of us may be a bit more sober about it, but what we found out is that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Can angels or demons or famine or nakedness or sword, death, things above the earth, below the earth, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And that's why we may have a reserved view about death and some of you may be a bit flippant about it, but Jesus came and he came to be human because what's on us is, is this fear, what's in the next life? And Jesus said, I don't want you to live your life worrying about that. And actually, here's the other thing. In our society, what we've done is we've said, I don't want to think about that, so I'm just going to deny that there's anything to think about, so don't let's even think about it. You Christians are just being spooky. And that becomes a bondage itself as well. Jesus looks at that whether a morbid interest in it or a denying of it, and he says, I want to heal that. And I want to give you hope beyond this life. And I want to give you a life where there's more to just getting through. Jesus only mentions the devil three times in the Gospel of John, and the only thing he says about that, him is that he is driven out, he has no hold on you, and he's under condemnation. So why should you listen to the irrational fears about your future? You can secure your future today by saying, Okay, Jesus, you came to me. I'm going to come to you. Another thing that's on us is this sense of separation or this spiritual kind of 
I don't know if there's anything there. And Jesus, when he was in heaven, he looks at us and he says, I'm going to become fully human because I want to heal that. Have you ever noticed that there's sometimes, there's, there's like people can't get on. There's a lack of chemistry between some people. And try as you might, you try and reach out to people, but it's hard to get on with them. There's usually a root cause of that, that you can actually heal and, and you can build relationships. But actually, this is how we are with God. We're actually separated from Him and there's like a barrier between us. And Jesus looks at that and He says, I want to heal that. I, I want to make a bridge between you and God. And by the way, the bridge is in the shape of a cross. That you can walk over. And the Bible says that He became our atonement. And that word, if you break it up, at one meant. I'm going to make it so that you can be at one with God. You can walk over that bridge and you can have a relationship with him and you can be connected to God. The reason Jesus became human is because that's how you connect to God. He looks at us and he sees this common fear of death and he sees this separation from God. But then he sees the fact that every one of us struggle sometimes with temptation. Christmas is coming up. Isn't it? Ah, oh, some of us, we've been watching our wait all, all year. And we're thinking, I'm heading into this week. And the cheese is calling me. <laughs> and the pudding. And the this and the that. And it's all... We all struggle with temptation, don't we? I don't know about you, but... There are times... If I just talk to somebody and get it off my chest, it helps. Or just share it. And some of you will have a coach. Some of you at one end, you'll have a fitness coach. And uh, some of you might have a friend who encourages you. Some of you might even have a counsellor. And it seems to me that whatever we have, sometimes just having a little chat with somebody helps, don't you think? Well, that's exactly what Jesus wants to do as far as your temptations are concerned. He wants to come alongside and say, I've been through that, let me help. Let me coach you. Let me direct you. Don't, don't do this, this is going to spoil you. We all struggle with that, don't we? And I know what I'm talking about today, you might say, man, you know, happy Christmas, Pastor Mark. Fear of death, you know, temptation, separation, you know, happy Christmas, everyone. But actually, let's just have an honesty moment. Those three things we all have to deal with at some point. There'll be some point this week when you're tempted to do something, say something that you don't want to say, and you need help. When Jesus considered and thought, why should I become a human? This scripture teaches me that he looked at us and he came to be with us because he saw what was on us and he wanted to break it. He wanted to release it. He wanted to change it. So when you think to yourself, why is the big deal about Christmas? Understand that Jesus came to be with us 
so that we could deal with those things that we need to be honest about. Some of the things that in the corners of our mind we're struggling with. All of our lives we've been thinking, have you got something after this life? All of our lives, some of us are thinking, and therefore that's why we deny God, because we're separated from Him. And yet God, the Bible says God is love and He wants to pour love, forgiveness, healing, blessing into your life. He wants to fill you so much with Himself. All of our lives, we're tempted. And then sometimes we've just got regrets because we've given in. And nobody talks in society like this. You won't find people in your workplace saying, Oh, I was really tempted and I really struggled with it. You won't find that. But maybe you've come along to hear today that you need to just be arrested and saying, God can help you with what you're struggling with. Jesus became like you so that you could become like him. In a few minutes, I'm going to show you a film about a shepherd. But he came humbly to a manger. A, a, a manger, a feeding trough. And the reason he comes down so low is so he doesn't want any one of you to feel that you've got to try and put on any sort of social climbing, social class, social grace in order for you to get up to God. Not of you. I don't, I don't believe it. There might be some people in the third world who, who have really humble beginnings, but none of us. Really, he came so low, so he said that even if you had humble beginnings, look, I'm on your level. So you don't have to try and get up to him and wash yourself off or, or clean yourself or... You just simply have to say, come, come in. Stop trying to climb up to him. He's already come down low to you. He's saying, all you've got to do is receive me. And I want to ask you today, and actually... I want to ask all the Christians here, the people you're really dedicated, you've been coming to Jesus, can you come to him again in a deeper level? Can you come and honestly give him your fears and your temptations? You see, the posture of, of us as people is closedness, privateness, our space. But the posture to God is openness. And receiving. And saying, come. Because as you receive him, he transforms and changes. I wonder if you could watch the screen just for a moment. And we'll kind of hear what the, one of the shepherds has to say.
I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I got to get a grip. I got to, uh, I got to tell people. That's what I got to do. I got to, I got to go tell people. I got to, I got to share the news. I got to let them know that, uh, <laughs> who's going to listen to me, huh? Who's going to listen to me? I mean, I, it's not like I have any kind of reputation. People don't give me two looks. And I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one to talk about angel sighting and Messiah's coming. <sighs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, I just got to... I just got to put my manners on. That's it. I put my manners on. I got to talk right. That's it. And then I got to... I got to clean up. I can do that. I can... Clean out under my fingernails. There's no hiding this man. It just don't make sense. None of it makes sense. He said, uh, good news. Good news of great joy for everyone. Because the Savior was born today in Bethlehem. He said we'd recognize him by, by a very specific sign. He said that baby would be wrapped in cloths and lying in a... And this was the kicker. <laughs> That baby would be lying in a manger. <laughs> a Messiah in a feeding trough. <laughs> oh. I mean, even my family was better off than that. We didn't have two sticks to rub together, but at least I had a, a bed to lay my head in when I was a kid. I've been waiting my whole life for this Messiah. And now it seems he may be more like me than I ever thought possible. <laughs> well, I think that angel got it wrong. This ain't good news. This is the best news ever. <laughs> Come on, boys. Jesus became like you so that you could become like him. He came humbly in a manger so that you don't have to feel like you have to climb any social ladder or religious hoops to jump over. Or make yourself good enough to come. Or to clean yourself up. But you can just come as you are. He's like you. He knows what you're like. But the question is for all of us is will we come? And as Christians will we, will we be open? Will we want God to do more in our lives than we've ever wanted God to do before? Will we 
honestly give him our fears and, and will we honestly bring our temptations? Two chapters on in Hebrews chapter 4 it says this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. But listen to this scripture as the worship team come. It, it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly onto the faith that we profess. Hey, if you believe it, why don't you grasp it with everything that you have got? For we don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. You are no different than Jesus, or can I say it this way, Jesus is no different than you. So why are you hiding your temptations? Why are you denying them? Why are you saying, oh, I'll just forget it? Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God, God's throne of grace, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Please would you stand with me? The Bible says, let us approach. Let's approach with confidence. You don't have to cower. You don't have to hide. You can just come to God. He's like you and He knows you. So our posture and our position should be openness. I, I'm just wondering whether you as a Christian right now, you could just open your arms and your heart. Why don't you do that to God? Say, I'm open, God. You see, I've got something I want to deposit into your heart as we just close this service. You see, the Bible says, let us receive. Let's have that posture of receiving. Have you stopped receiving from God? You see, He came to be with us so that we could approach Him and receive. He came in human skin. I nearly titled this message, Skin. So that we could get help now. It says you can receive mercy in your time of need. Not waiting. Not for next week or, oh, I'll put it off. But right now in your need. Here's the thing I want to download into your spirit. When we were doing that turn to your neighbor thing, this is what it would do. But we're not doing that. Listen, just listen to this. You need to bring it so he can break it. just say that to yourself I need to bring it so that he can break it see if you keep holding it to yourself it will fossilize and become an issue but if you say God I'm open you see me I know it shouldn't be this way perhaps but you see it anyway but you love me so that you receive me so I don't need to worry about it I just need to bring it so you can break it can you hear an amen church and you know, I'm not particularly just talking about sin, but you know, you might have a fear or a temptation or something that you want to get rid of. But it might even be just be a concern that's neutral, something small. I believe God is interested even in the very smallest things. Oh, don't you? See, you need to bring it so that He can break it and deal with it. So really, He can heal it. In fact, let me say that. You need to bring it so we can heal it.
So our posture has to be one of receiving and openness. So in a few moments, we're going to sing a song. And then I'm going to ask you just to bring, it may just even be the smallest thing that you're even embarrassed to say, is God really interested in this? It could be the smallest thing. But if you bring it, then God can do something with it. He can break it off your life or he can heal your heart. I particularly want to ask if anybody's sick today, bring that sickness and we want to lay hands on you and ask God to heal it. Now, if you've been paying attention through our service, Luca, we didn't collude about our message, did we? You didn't know what I was preaching about, did you? In our first service, I skipped a beat when Luca gave that word when he said, do not fear. Because I knew what I was speaking about. Some of the fears that we have and some of the fears about death. Did you pick up on that, Luca? Did you see that what you said was very similar? How does that work? We haven't spoken. So I want you to hear something today. God's trying to get a message to you that you've got to let some, even those smallest fears down because unless you bring it, he can't break it. How does the Holy Spirit do that? He just does it because he's God. He tells Lucas something. He's been telling me something. We haven't talked and yet the Holy Spirit wants to bring it to the church. Isn't that great church how he does that? Hey, can I hear an amen where you believe it? Amen? Unless you bring it, he can't break it off your life. So let's sing a song and then we're going to ask you just to come forward and we want to pray with you. And God's going to make a change for you. If you're here today and you're afraid of death, God wants you to come to him. He'll break that fear off your life. As you give him your life and you give him your sin, he will wash you clean and he will make it so you can walk across the bridge to heaven. Isn't that right, church? Amen? Let's sing together. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the birth.